Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What'd you get into yesterday, Ms. Wallace? I went to... I, I took my dog for a walk and then I bought expensive gas and then I ate mushrooms and went and saw the new Top Gun movie, man. That's- <laughs> yes, I was going to say you were in the theater. Mm-hmm. Funny you're mentioning Tom Cruise. He will make a comeback oh, in today's episode. I already was like, this is super on point. Um, <laughs> Look, this is not a movie review podcast, but all I will say without any spoilers is that they the people who made this movie know exactly where they're fucking coming from Mm -hmm. they're like this is our lane we're staying in it everything was like so predictable and cheesy but like i fucking loved it yeah i I was like this is what's gonna happen next and then it did and i was like cheering about it you know (laughs) i was like this movie is like what everybody needs i don't know i i really enjoyed it it was super duper fun. that's so fun like well because like there is almost an art to being like, there is no nuance, zero nuance, only hits, nothing but like what you are craving and want. And like, yeah. And it's funny how, you know, it, it's almost like you hate the movies that are trying mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, sort of stray from that formula. And you're like, you're not just, it's like, just give up what we expect. Just yeah. give us what we're expecting it in was a big blockbuster movie. Like a perfect sequel. Like I can't wait for I I don't know. Yeah. What's so funny is though, and again, this is not a this is not a movie podcast. <sighs> um, but I <laughs> Uh, uh, how many people now that like this one's out who have have not seen the original Top Gun? And I'm like, this is really interesting because it's like one of those movies, Goodfellas is the same way, like any given weekend random time. It's on some sort of like mm-hmm. it's on some sort of channel. It's always streaming like there's generations of people who have grown up with it. So for people who are like in my age group who haven't seen it, I'm always I'm always like, that's fucking weird. Like, yeah, that is weird. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you kind of need to like when you're like, I think it's been a few years since I've seen Top Gun. I need a booster. I need a Top Gun <laughs> booster. I need to get my Top Gun Maverick antibodies back up there. I need my yeah. Iceman. I need my Oh, my goose. God. Yeah. There's there's a lot of, like, sweaty beach bodies in this one, too, that you'll get just as horny for, I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah.
Welcome to Sidework Podcast. This is our official endorsement to go see Maverick. And then if you've never seen Top Gun, get your life together. It's so fun. Yeah, dude, for real. Um, that's hilarious. Uh, I'm Andrea Wallace. Hi. Hi, Brooke Van Poplin joining you on this beautiful Friday. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. It's heating up. It's getting hot, hot out there. Deep in the um, tune already. In 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 light of the uh, drought crisis, the water crisis here in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, we are, will be installing our new pool cover today. Uh, we needed one for a minute. Uh, there's a lot of evaporation and energy lost without one, so that'll be a huge pain in the ass. But hopefully, should be uh, very good for the environment in a way. It's all made of plastic. Is, um, is this something your landlord is installing or are you guys are no, looking at it? So too? there's like all the water restriction laws and we're kind of yeah. worried about overuse of water because we have to top the pool off so much of in the summertime yeah, no, I know. that it's going to save on evaporation like crazy. That's awesome. Um, Good and for then you also guys. protect the pool and like it's a solar cover. So mm-hmm. the, pour- the pool water should essentially be warmer for all of us mm-hmm. to take dips into. Yeah, that's a thing, too, is like I never realized uh, until I started feverishly researching how to become a pool owner uh, (laughs) because it's a dream that I will achieve one day. Yeah, I'm going to. Yes, you will. I'm going to have a pool. Uh, But yeah, that I was just like, yeah, you just you drag a hose over. That's Mm -hmm. how you fill up a pool. Mm -hmm. And then you treat the water. And I just always thought it was like a way fancier situation like that. And it's like, nope, takes about 48 hours to fill up a pool with a hose. And Mm -hmm. you're like, whoa, mind blown. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, that's exactly it. And it's just, uh, I think having a pool is like a lot like owning a boat in a way. You know what I mean? It's a money pit. It's like constant maintenance. It's like, you know, but boy, oh boy, is it nice to have um so yeah so but yeah but with again with the water restrictions because we're only allowed to water certain days so we're, we're just trying to stay ahead of the curve you know good good for you guys that was our environmentally conscientious <laughs> corner with andrea and brian and their solar cover on the pool i do I'll- love that Although I did read, and this is really interesting, that like while they're putting restrictions on residential uh, watering, like a lot of businesses, there aren't there aren't many restrictions on. And I'm talking like golf courses, I think mainly. I mean, I would really hope that they have a lot of like systems in place where they like already know how to be conservative. I'm not like coming down on anybody, but it's just. I don't know. It's just weird, like the the line in between stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. So it it always blows back on the average citizen to be the Mm -hmm. one who has to, you know, Mm -hmm. lose lose their lawn. You know, because that's the whole thing that happens here in California too. Is pretty much they're like, yeah, you're just gonna have to let your lawn die, or you know, the government will pay to have it ripped out and have it replaced with sustainable, you know, native plants to California. But it's like, yeah, but then the country club doesn't have the same rules apply, which yeah, it's fucking stupid. I know, dude. It's so uh, I will um, say, since we're supposed to have like a record heat wave again this summer, which I am not excited about in no. the least. No. No, it's very scary. But uh, I am like, I am thinking about getting one of those uh, horse basins, those cowboy. Oh, yeah. I love those little cowboy horse tubs. Mm-hmm. Well, because my landlord pays for water. Oh, even that's though great. I, I know. I'm like, well, so. Well, it doesn't take that much to like fill that. And then you could actually, we'll talk about, I know I'm like, we're to, no, this now, isn't a, now this we're talking. This isn't a pool care podcast, guys. But uh, <laughs> they make these. Um, uh, Arm and Hammer makes these like alkaline baking soda, like little pellets that like help to keep the water alkaline and like bacteria free. So if you get one, you could just like plop one of those fuckers in there 
and it should help to like treat the water so you don't have to like constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope that all of this information we've imparted uh, upon you all has been helpful. <laughs> Uh, um, movie reviews, pool maintenance. This is uh, kind of like what happens when Brooke and I like don't talk to each other for a week. We're just we just kind of catch up. Like <laughs> it's pretty nice, guys. It's a great pre-ship. This is the kind of shit, in my opinion, that we would be talking about if we were setting up a restaurant. It's the same shit, guys. Same um, shit. Well, let's speaking, jump into yeah. I was yeah. Gonna say, we can jump into in a headline. Yeah, I was I like th- speaking of stupid shit. <laughs> These headlines are good. This is so fucking funny. Okay, so because you know, okay, it's 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 a new month. We got to talk about Taco Bell. Um, in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, there is basically uh, a new flagship version of a Taco Bell that is being launched. Uh, and I don't know if it's coming to a city near you or not anytime soon. But it's it's a new incarnation of Taco Bell called the Defy Restaurant. Mm concept um and it looks like uh, a gigantic three-story bank slash like airport lounge like i i'm trying like an airport lounge and it yes it an airport hangar like is so crazy looking but the, the concept of this like mega taco bell is because it's like you're it's so tall and elevated because it's just filled with drive-through lanes so more people and dedicated lanes, like three lanes dedicated to delivery and then traditional drive through is like one lane all the way over. But it's because of the implosion during the pandemic of so many people doing like mobile ordering and pickup, mm-hmm. your DoorDash, mm-hmm. your Uber Eats. And this is the part that's killing me. So the food is delivered down from an elevated kitchen through like a bank chute like a chute yeah we so the kitchen joked above. about the this kitchen and it's happening above. yeah so the first thing i think about when i when i read this is uh jeff goldblum and the fly and <laughs> i <laughs> and i'm very much like if something happens um and my taco bell is spliced with a fly when it comes down the chute to me and then my my taco is a uh, half fly half taco I'm still going to eat it, probably. And it's going to be fucking delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is interesting. It this is, is interesting. And OK, so I am reading further down in the article that there will be a second potential uh, spot opening once again in Minnesota. Minnesota is getting all the Taco Bell oh, fu- right. futuristic versions. Absolutely. It does though. Like these drive-throughs look just like teller drive-throughs at the bank, which are I can't fucking even with this. So this is also like encouraging people to like order ahead, right? Just like you know, your food comes out there. I think what does the article say? I have to scroll down. It was like it took three hundred and fifty-seven seconds for people to actually just like verbally do the order and get their food. But now we've got it down to like two forty. You know, with this right. two hundred and forty seconds. Ah, oh, three, so, yeah, 346 to 268. <laughs> exactly. So it's sort of like, you know, uh, uh, you know what you want. You order ahead of time and then you pull ahead to your designated uh, receptacle where the tube shoots your food at you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which <laughs> I would go to Minnesota just for that fucking I'm experience. like, just shoot it at me. And like how more I'm, I'm just thinking about like the late night crowd. You know, because that's the crowd that they play to. 
the drunken late night crowd. And it's like, are they going to get all the things they want? Like, what about sauce? What about like if something happens and there's spillage? I don't know. I'm sure it just comes down. It just goes down. It's like an elevator as opposed to a chute, right? I'm also picturing it like they should open something a little more even akin to like just an actual car wash. And Mm -hmm. but it's like Taco Bell sauces that like (laughs) come out like you could open your window drive through and like a sauce uh you know a, a nozzle just kind of spray yeah like sauce a soda fountain go- but for exactly. fire sauce mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. i think there I are totally lots of it. ways lots so, of ways uh in in nebraska uh at we talked about runza's on the show uh for sure which is like if you guys don't know what a runza is it's a yeasted like uh it's like a hot pocket right filled with like cabbage and ground beef oh, yeah. this this fast food place in Nebraska called Runza. It's also like a you know regional Midwest situation. But at Nebraska games, they'll shoot Runzas out in a t-shirt gun <laughs> to people in the crowd. Yes. And this is not that far-fetched from, you know what I mean? This is like someone like took that idea and really ran with it. And here we are. <laughs> yep. It's great. It's mm-hmm. great. You know, I, it was like first we were laughing at the drones during the Olympics. And now here we are getting our Taco Bell in a tube. Oh it's God. all happening. Idiocracy is real, folks. All right. Well, this is another happy, fun, like, sort of weird mind-blowing headline once again the mcdonald's secret menu when we told you that you can order birthday cakes Mm -hmm. you know off the you can drive up to any mcdonald's drive-through ask for a birthday cake they have them in the freezer there you go you're the hit at the party vanilla or chocolate you pick this is another thing that they offer run into a party you go to the party store, you know, all the bags of ice are gone. Sometimes they can be anywhere from like four to seven dollars. You can get through a McDonald's drive through line and order a bag of ice. Nice. Come on. I it's think that's sexy. I think that's pretty se- like, OK, because like a 20 pound bag of ice, it's not going to be a 20 pound bagger. Um, I think it's uh, they're doing a dollar fifty probably for a five pound bag mm-hmm. of ice and the thing I'm thinking about, Andrea, right, is I love those ice cubes. I know. That's what I Right? Liked. The mouthfeel mm-hmm. when you get like your, you know, when you get your fountain drink and then yeah. you've got your leftover McDonald's ice cubes. Yeah. Ooh. McDonald's are the kind of ice cubes you like put in your mouth and you like spit back out. <laughs> I know. Like they're just like they're the perfect size. They're like a little bit hollow. I don't know how they get that, you know. That oh, and you get like the soda kind of cut in them, like yes. cut up in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I think McDonald's ice is a thing, and it isn't just for one single drink anymore. You can bring the McDonald's ice party to the party. Everyone will be like making their mixed drinks, and be like, eh, "Sorry, is this McDonald's ice?" <laughs> and yes, you know the answer. Yes, this ice smells like a cheeseburger. It's delicious. <laughs> I love it. It's so yeah. good. I hope like yeah. a stray French fry gets in the bag of ice too, because that would be fantastic. I would say this is a hot tip, but it's more like a cold. It's a cold. It's tip. a cold tip. Yep. But I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Blow your minds, expand your universes. If you're running late and a and a party needs a bag of ice, McDonald's has you covered. Yes. <laughs> I almost I almost sang the theme song, but I'm not going to. What um, is the theme song? Or someone's like, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh. <laughs> the jingle. 
That's a jingle. That's a theme song in my world. <laughs> That's a jingle jangle. Uh, uh, awesome. Good headlines. Well, let's let's uh should we keep on plugging away? Um, digging into some more server life on Reddit. Reddit. <laughs> We're just fresh out of stories from y'all. Love ya, mean it, write us, <laughs> thanks. Okay, so this this uh, one on on the server life Reddit, this one cracked me up and it evoked many thoughts that came across my brain while I was looking at it. And uh, we'll both weigh in in a minute, and you guys weigh in too uh, when you hear this. All right, so the uh, server posted the title of of the post. I started using a fake name. They go on to say, I was about to go up to a table the other day and just thought, fuck it. I don't want to tell people my name anymore. And I just made up a name and I've been using it ever since. Nice. I just, yeah. And they're just like, I just feel a little violated hearing people who I don't know say my name like we're friends or something. <laughs> I love this sentiment. This is someone who is like, you know, just got like red pilled at the restaurant job. They're like, wait, I don't have to play by the rules anymore. But this is crazy because it brought up a lot of responses because obviously Reddit is like worldwide and countrywide. And immediately someone from Utah chimes mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. saying in Utah, they make you wear a name tag with your legal real name on it to serve alcohol under the law. Right. They are, their booze laws are wacky there. They are out of control. Like, I, you can't just have a drink in Utah. I found that out too. You have to order food. It depends anymore. Like, I, it's, it's, the laws are really changing. When I was there in October, we went to like breweries and we went to a couple places where we just ordered alcohol and it was no problem. Okay. Um, but it does, it does, it, but you know, previous to that, I definitely, and they also have rules where like you can't have more than one drink in front of you at the same time, um, mm -hmm. which is another rule. But like Salt Lake itself is becoming a really progressive town and changing a lot. But I think it just depends on the restaurant or like where you're at. Cause I think if you serve food, it could be different as opposed to like you have a license to like not serve food. I don't okay. know. It's all. And so I, you, you, I mean, you used to just have to be a member of a club to go like drink alcohol. Like you have to have like a state membership to go to a wow. bar. That's wow. how, that's how it used to be. Mm -hmm. You Mormons, you crazy Mormons. Yeah. And you, they still have state run liquor stores. So like in order. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all. Yep. 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 There's a lot of like you can buy beer in the store, but if you want hard liquor, it's like a separate state run liquor store, which lots of states have that stuff. Well, so it's New not York. Just, yeah. Mm -hmm. New York state is like that, too, where you're like, nope, it's just beer and wine. Yeah. Li liquor store is its own entity altogether. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, it made me immediately think like, yes, I do not ever recall wearing a name tag other than sort of counter service quick serve jobs I've had like you know in a corporate coffee shop or um like the bagel shop I used to work at like yeah. yes we had to wear our name tags fine but as a server no absolutely not and really it was just like hey when I drop the check my name will be printed on it and if you look for it that's how you will figure out Which my did you name. never you were never like you were like I'm nameless like were you is that was that your kind of your deal I did not, you know, that wasn't really uh, expected of us. And I think it went along the route of if toward the end they had a great time, mm -hmm. 
uh, and wanted to thank me by my name. Sure, I'll give it up. But um, it's like not like a riddle. I wasn't like, you know, unwilling to share it. it. I think it just keeping it anonymous for the sake of like, let's just have a pleasant experience. Yeah, um, that's I was always kind of like, I'll get your drinks and I'll get your food order and then at the end I'll be like by the way and I'm Andrea like if you need me you know like that's kind of I would always tack it on at the end that's nice that's very nice yeah because I'd say I did like more of the traditional like how's everyone tonight wonderful if you need you know like I'm here if you need anything questions so on and so forth I blah 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 and it's funny because it just really evokes a lot of um different feelings and there are different places right so like All right. So this one person responded in my training manual, which is followed like a gospel at my new restaurant. It states that we don't have to introduce ourselves. As a matter of fact, the text says it's not our style, quote unquote. In fact, silent service is encouraged unless a customer is really trying to engage in banter. The managers really emphasize not telling guests our name. Mm -hmm. I work at the busiest, most popular restaurant in my county, and some of the women who've worked there over the years had some issues with customers who seem incapable of understanding boundaries. Now, I know that in certain spots where women might have more exposure to being harassed or, you know, being faced with unwanted attention, uh, that it's pretty common to have, like, a work name or a nickname versus giving out your real name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that. Like, and I've never worked in a place where I feel like our identities had to be protected because it was simply just dinner. I wasn't, you know, ever hired somewhere where I was also selling sexiness. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but that know, makes perfect sense. Totally. And it's something to like think about too in with all the creeps out there to be like, I know this person's first name. I know where they work. I'm on social media. I can like find them if I want to, you know? Yeah. It's fucking yeah, yeah. gross. Yeah. Terrible. I know. It, uh, it's so, I, I mean, and it's, it's something that you most of the time shouldn't have to think twice about usually in normal circumstances. But if you ever get a weird feeling, you know, I think it's perfectly acceptable to come up with a weird nickname yeah, or a fake sever, name. Sever yourself, guys. Sever. <laughs> um, this killed me. Someone else responded. Uh, I worked with a French waiter who'd say this. He'd say, if you liked everything, my name is Daniel. If you have a complaint, my name is Pablo. Ah, LOL. Hilarious. Dad joke. Um And then in response to this not giving the name out, someone else said, best thing. And my last gig was this dude and his last day serving tables. He went up to a table, said, my name is Server and we're not going to be friends after this. Good guy. (laughs) Wonder where he is these days. Um, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How do y'all feel? Yeah. I was going to say, how do y'all feel? Do you give your name during your spiel? For sure. If there's like a bunch of Christines that work in your restaurant, a bunch of Andreas, a bunch of Brooks, like how does how's that dynamic work? You well, know, we would always be like it would literally be like I'm Brooke. I'm Brooke V. Right. You know, that's exactly it. Yeah. But, but I'm just like or I guess I have to go by Christy or whatever. Yeah. Someone else was saying like at their hotel, like the whole staff, you know, when there's like concierge, people who work the front desk and then everyone who works in the restaurant, too, there'd be a ten dollar fine if you uh, forgot your name tag. So they said there's a waiter who would undercut that and he would lend you a name tag for five dollars instead of. <laughs> and, and they said and like at one night, at one point, one night, there were five Jose's on the floor, all waiting tables because he just gave out multi that rented out multiple five dollar name tags. Is incredible. I feel like I would be the server that would constantly forget my um, oh. name tag. 
Fuck I mean, yes. or just keep it, you know, on the shitty. I don't know. I don't know. That's like me. You know, at Buka, we had to wear pocket protectors. And that was like almost the equivalent of a name tag because it just, you know, it goes in the same place. And it's just like, where's, you know, where's my pocket protector? I can't find it. Um, Yeah. Those pocket protector days. So funny. Well, speaking of like history of restaurants and flair and name tags and and uh, pins and all that stuff. Um, we are going to, in a moment here, move on to our topic of the day. But uh, guys, stories, we need them. We love them. We want, want to hear from you. Sideworkpod, gmail.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Andrea, we threatened this. We did threaten this. (laughs) And it came from about a month ago when we were podcasting uh, with Lizzie Cooperman, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who brought up the fact that she had worked at a uh, a TGI Fridays, and you know people were called dub dubs and other weird dub-dubs. things, dub dubs. Uh, and we were like, you know what? It's time to truly do the deepest of deep dives on this infamous restaurant chain, Andrea. We've touched on it before, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this place before. You guys might know it. It has to do with a certain favorite day of the week. Uh, TGI Fridays. Ooh, here it we go. is. It is. And, you know, so we were both going, I'm like, why do I already know a little bit of this history? Mm-hmm. And it is because we talked about TGI Fridays for a few minutes about two years ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when we were doing our three-parter on the history of uh, cocktail culture in America. Mm-hmm. That's a really fun one. If you also want to go back and nerd out on one of those episodes. There's three of them. There's three of them. And that is, okay, so it's episode 84, 85, and 86 mm-hmm. in our collection. We did all three of those two years ago with our good friend James Dunn. What's so funny is that like when I was looking at that, just, to, you know, I was like, I know we did. It was such a fun episode. I can't wait to talk about it again because it's, so, it's such a fun topic, TGI Fridays. But that's so far ago in the when the, in the beginning of the pandemic is when they were doing wine windows. They were like reopening wine windows in Italy that they used during the plague times. Yeah. Like give people their wine. <laughs> and, and I was just like, I would gladly walk. You just put co- like a coin in a slot. Uh-huh. You know, and then like a little a little door would open, sort of like a cuckoo clock, and out kinda, comes kinda one like glass. Kind of like a brand new Taco Bell. <laughs> yes. I do not send my glass of wine down a tube, okay? No, please, please, tube free. Unless you want, you want like a uh, a d dis dis disfigured half glass of wine, half Jeff Gold, Jeff Goldblum to come out the other side. 
I mean, yeah, very, very drinkable. Listen, very palatable. There, there's a time and a place for liquor and a luge. OK, but that usually involves vodka as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Not very true. It might be a really good way to aerate the wine, though, Andrea. If That's it comes fucking just said, could you wow. just like send my wine down a water slide? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at the legs on this glass of wine. What a fucking okay. fun contraption to be like you're this the bartender gets on a ladder and pours it like right, pours it down and you and you just watch the wine aerate and go down and pour into your glass. Oh, what a pain in the ass to clean that fucker. It must seriously. be seriously. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that side work. Um <laughs> no thank you. Okay, but today, you know, because like For many of you, uh, you're still new to the podcast. You haven't gone all the way back. Um, We uncovered what we think is hilarious and sort of like mind-boggling history of where TGI Fridays even fucking came from or how it came into existence. And yeah, yeah. Like did, how did those uh, how did those frozen uh, mozzarella sticks and spinach chip get into your local right? grocer's freezer section? Right. Like it's like you're picturing the electric blue cocktail with an umbrella in it. And right. And some sort of like 2000 calorie appetizer. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is what, you know, the, the the TGI Fridays that we've come to know today. Um, we did a big deep dive on it for our episode using Wikipedia, MASH, Mental Floss, and uh, USA Today. And so for anyone who lives under a rock, and I, I don't think you do because TGI Fridays is global. The, yes. one, of the, one of the most uh, populated, T- and it's just called a Fridays, uh, is actually in England. It's like most popular. Um, so it's an American chain restaurant that was all about focusing on American cuisine and casual dining. Obviously, it stands for, thank God, it's Fridays. Hoot, 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 hoot. Hoot, hoot, hoot. It's Friday today. Thank God. We're talking about, thank God, it's Fridays on a Friday. Friday. So the founder of TGI Fridays, his name is Alan Stillman, and the very first one was open in New York City in 1965. So, and he lived on 63rd Street between 1st and York, so that is technically very much the Upper East Side of Mm -hmm. Manhattan. And so this neighborhood in particular where he lived apartments just filled with airline stewardesses for some reason, fashion models, secretaries, like a lot, what we're saying is like a lot of hot, young, single, ready to mingle ladies. Just um, like a nice, safe, like neighborhood for young women to live in at the, in, in the early 60s in New exactly, York. Exactly, yeah. right? But so, you know, and we still like struggle to understand that going to a bar in general for men and women being under the same roof even just in a restaurant was still only a few decades normalized at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So hanging out at a bar commingling with both both of the sexes was still kind of a weird, hard thing to find. A lot of people, um, you know, it was a bigger thing to just have like the swinging cocktail party, but you'd have to know someone to get over to like a singles mixer. And bars were still really considered like, like sudsy beer hall man hangouts. Yeah. So, this guy, like TGI Fridays, is born out of this dork Alan Stillman's desire 
to have a place where he could more easily meet women. So he wanted to basically create a restaurant that was re- recreating the um, the feel and the atmosphere of one of these intimate little cocktail parties that were happening in apartments all around New York City. So with $5,000 of his own money and then five grand that he borrowed from his mother, he purchased a bar. Uh, that was on 63rd and 1st Avenue and then named it, thank God, it's Fridays. They had an interesting name. I wonder how he came up with that fucking blockbuster of a name. I mean, just- I think it just was such a popularized term at the time. Because yeah. now, you know, and now we're like TGIF. And, and now, like, when you say that word, for us being the age we are, it's affiliated with a restaurant right? A term. You know, but it's, it's like, like the cool bar that just, like, names itself bar, you know, in your neighborhood. <laughs> yes. And you're like, what an anomaly. Like, whose fucking brilliance is this? Um, That's very fun. So, yeah. So, Opened it and then he basically went, but he wanted it to be like kind of classier, right? A little classier. Absolutely. There, you know, like the Tiffany style lamps, wooden floors, um, tablecloths even. And we're all picturing the old school version with like the like the um fucking brass rails mm-hmm. and bars Very everywhere. Cheersy. A lot of like uh red and white blue stripes, a lot of green, a lot of yeah. And of course the very first um, you know. Outfit, uh, sorry, sorry, uniform for the um, servers were the vertical red and white stripe shirts, which are amazing. They were basically soccer jerseys. This yeah. is like giving me so many feels. Um, but basically, this turned into like the fucking place. This was like Studio 54 before Studio 54. <laughs> um, lines around the block to get into TGI Fridays to basically like, drug and drink and like find people to fuck and there was like a total sexual revolution happening because the invention of birth control had also just sort of come into existence so there was a female sexual empowerment revolution happening and this also became a hub for queer nightlife oh i love this Right. Um, and it, but like it was literally what you joke about, like the discos, like drug and drink. And, and like it's the place to be like this was the original TGI Fridays, which is so far removed from that these days. But I love that the history is like it's just all about the cocktails, all about doing like a rail of blow. And um, so basically an entrepreneur from Memphis, his name was James Robinson. He had visited Stillman's very first Uh, TGI Fridays in New York he was so fucking in love with it that he convinced him to open a second location in Memphis Hmm. Um, so then that became a hub for the city's youth just just like it was happening in New York City and like I said it it was um, a big supporter for the city's burgeoning queer scene nice I love this right I was like also just in time for pride month Um, absolutely but uh, so before the R, but here's the funny thing about the one in Memphis. Um, before the bar opened, drinkers in Memphis had to bring their own bottles to bars where they could then have drinks made for them by bartenders. This apparently was just a thing in Tennessee. That's interesting. Liquor laws are so, and I know we've kind of touched on them a little bit, like per right. state are so, so you just, I've heard of this, and then you just keep your bottle behind the bar with like your name on it, like you would have like your own mug hanging from the ceiling, right? Like, right. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. And then you're sort of going like, and so what is the point of the bartender at the moment? And, you know, but then this is where like TGI 
Fridays came like, you know, blazing back onto the scene because first of all, uh, they sold mixed drinks ready made, you know, and then of course this blew up. Everyone wanted some. So then they expanded all over the South as well. Um, so, uh, so this was like basically the first seven years of TGI Fridays coming to existence. It was just this like trailblazing hotspot in Manhattan. And then it kind of popped up all around Tennessee and then even one in Arkansas. Wow. So then in 1971, this dude named Daniel Scoggins, he, uh, who's alive today, by the way, he is a very, very wealthy man. He wanted to franchise and move the restaurant then into the Midwest and the Burbs. And so within about seven years time, uh, this kind of went from a raunchy singles club to a family friendly favorite, which is so more weird. in line with what you and I know. Yeah, absolutely. This is very interesting. The 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 evolution or de-evolution, if you right? will, of like what something starts with and what it actually becomes. I'm you looking. Know? Yeah, because I'm like looking at pictures. I'm like, I would have fucking loved working here i want to go to an original tgi fridays and get laid yeah for sure i mean i'm just like looking at the staff wearing like cute visors and soccer you know the soccer shirts and like little jordash jeans like i don't know you know and the way it started out is almost it's like almost on a similar trajectory as like the playboy club was when they Mm -hmm. started franchising right just to be like these little fuck dens that are like being (laughs) popped up like all around the country um but yeah for it to like completely shift like that like screech and then like kids are involved and then there's like you know but origin of when you have years like it was one of the first places i think to do like a birthday song right yes and if uh you know if you're familiar i can lead us uh some of you might be cringing but they have a famous birthday song you'll hear the clapping start do you want to clap and i'll um it's, sure. it's like bah, bah, bah. here we go i don't know what i've been told I don't know what I've been told. Someone here is getting old. Someone here is getting old. I don't know what has been said. I don't know what has been said. Someone's face is turning red. Someone's face is turning red. Sound off. Sound off. Happy birthday. Sound off. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. you. Something like that. Something like that. And we won't get sued because you can sing happy birthday without any licensing problems. (laughs) Fuck you, TGI Fridays. (laughs) Come at us. Oh, my God. Um, But we were... Yeah, what, go ahead. Sorry, I just I was like, what if Ric Flair was like just covered in TGI Friday's flair? Like, what if that was his actual uniform? Go ahead. Sorry, that's just what came into my head. It's so crazy. Uh, but okay, so like everything's very stripped down. Like I would say today in modern times, you you can't even tell a TGI Fridays apart from an Applebee's. Everyone mm-hmm. kind of had this like people are looking for class, and you're like, oh god, I it just. The original one, though, you know, when you're picturing it, like we said, like just you went to a junk sale and slapped it all up on the wall like chilies totally fucking ripped them off too. where you're Uh like there are baseball gloves, trombones on the wall, license Uh plates, all that shit. Um, And we were talking about the Tiffany's lamps as well, which were kind of the signature look of TGI Fridays. Um, But so it's basically like. Each restaurant had that look of timeless uh, antique memorabilia, so on and so forth. Um, The clutter that they put in all of the restaurants is 
specifically sourced and it's done in a very regimented fashion. Um, so the clutter all comes from a 25,000 square foot warehouse that's located in Nashville. Huh. Uh, so, and about a quarter of the items are made specifically and especially for use by TGI Fridays. So it's like someone's like actually collecting old rusty trombones wow. to then source out to TGI Fridays. So, what so a, a lot of fun, weird job to have. There are so many cool jobs out there that we'll never know about, but this is what this, this, this podcast helps you think of new career paths. Um, but so some are actual antiques and they're discovered and commandeered by the company via its own in-house team of pickers. You know, wow. that show like American pickers. Sure. Um, so they just hit flea markets and sales all around Tennessee to go source this stuff. Um, so not every TGI Fridays is the same, but there are only two items required in every TGI Fridays. One is an airplane propeller that is over every bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> and a racing skull, which I might have to look that up real quick. It's spelled S-C-U-L-L. But the first, uh, the airplane propeller is to remind employees that the bar is what drives the restaurant forward, while the skull is to remind them of the importance of teamwork. Got it. I think a skull is like a, it's like a, it's a boat. Yeah. It's like the long boat that like lots of people sit in and then we're like, row, uh, row. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So it's maybe a crew it's boat. Called, it's a crew. No, wait. That's maybe. like a school. Maybe it's called a skull school. school. Something like that. Like but, a school. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a crew boat. So it's like a thin, it's like a real thin kayak. Well, I love that. That it is truly like booze is what drives us and we're a team getting the wow. fucking TGI Fridays boat. Okay. So then. As we stated, the uniform, the iconic one of yesteryear, uh, the red and white vertically striped soccer shirt, which you could then dress up with a visor, maybe a black vest, and of course, the iconic suspenders. Oh, yeah, baby. Which then burst the era of covering them with TGI Friday's flair. A flair. A so Rick, a flare. much flair. Um. <laughs> So, you know, and like the flair is just basically pinning buttons, name tags, uh, you know, brooches. Hello. Shout out to Simon. Uh, basically making yourself look like a visual spectacle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is a fun, like little office space nod, you know, this little. This oh, fun. so and then that's a fun thing. We're all thinking of the movie Office Space. So Office Space actually is the cause of flair going away at TGI Fridays. Oh, no they, shit. They killed it after the scene where Joanna played, who was played by Jennifer Aniston, quits oh. her job <laughs> after being harassed by the manager on duty for not, not having a flair on her uniform. That's the funniest fucking scene. So Mike Judge, who made the movie four years after the film's release, goes into a TGA Fridays with an assistant director and they they're noticing that the wait staff no longer is wearing buttons on their uniform um and basically the manager comes by tells him said after office space came out customers started making tons and tons of jokes about it so the chain dropped the requirement from its dress code oh that's interesting i thought it would be more specifically that like they make there's a line that says like flares with the Nazis made like Jews wear like <laughs> in World War II. Like I was, yeah. I was, I was like for sure that would have, that line would have like smashed the whole flare. Yeah. Um, so they deflared. Well, that's, that's good. That's, I mean, <laughs> but I feel like, like, honestly, I feel like today flare would be like kitsch and like come back. Like, I feel like you would just see a fucking 
kid like walking down the street and like a striped sh- soccer shirt and suspenders would just like flare everywhere. Are you that was a good, You know, yeah. Yeah. That's what people are doing with Crocs and those gibbets. Oh. Crocs are the new TGI Fridays. <laughs> Flare. Mm. I'm right. not fucking kidding. It's no. true. It's true. Um, so I love that, like, it's not even just the flare on the uniforms. TGI Fridays also invented flare tending. Yes, they, yes, they did. And here we go. Here we go, guys. Here it is again. Tom Cruise was yes. the main character of the 1988 flick cocktail uh, based on Stillman. At least he says he says that it's based on him. Um, he, he trained, but he trained Tom Cruise how to flare tend. So come on. He was mm-hmm. on set to authenticate and to uh, teach him how to flip the bottles, throw them in the air, catch him behind the back. Now, when we did do our three-parter on cocktail culture, there was some of this at turn of the century where people were like lighting things on fire. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we had, oh man, I have to go back and look at the name of some of those amazing drinks. But um, this was like when people were like legit juggling and doing circus level Flare tending with bottles. So much smashed Malibu. Are you kidding oh, me? So, so much, so much, so much for sure. But, you know, it all kind of just started with like people being bored and then like throwing napkins to like sit into place. And then, yeah, then this whole thing starts and like the horniest bar you could ever go to. Can you even <laughs> imagine? But like based off TGI Fridays, because it was a horny bar. And so it's funny because this is a like, a real uh, collision of like a lot of spectacle, but quality of drinks were like, this was considered like an all time low where everything was like a tequila sunrise or something really gross, mm-hmm. unbalanced right. where this is like when cocktail culture girl was not, drinks is girl probably drink what drinks. they were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Very overly sugared set on fire for no reason. Did not taste good. Doesn't have the balance and all the, um, you know, the subtleties of today's, you know, resurgence of actual (laughs) cocktail culture. But you had someone like Tom Cruise throwing your shit in the air and providing a spectacle and maybe you would try and sleep with him later, so on and so forth. Um, But flare tending was such a sort of like trope of TGI Fridays that they tried to get the art of flare tending into the Olympics. They petitioned the International Olympic Committee requesting official recognition of bartending as the next Olympic sport. What? I know. Dude, I'm telling you. I was like, Andrea, I swear I found additional shit about you. Oh, no, absolutely. Like, stay in your fucking lane. This is ridiculous. I mean, there's the Olympics of bartending, which they're already in. Like, right. What does this have anything to do with? anything i think this well is, maybe they, in the x games or something you know i know but they proposed that the olympic event would consist of an eight to ten minute flare tending demonstration which they're like hey listen it it showcases extreme skill in athleticism um but basically the international olympic committee never commented back um and here we are just watching fucking boring old losing like the regular way instead of watching. Yeah. I mean, we have curling. Curling is very curling is essentially like as, as close as we're going to get. I think it's it takes a ton of skill and you people are athletes to have to like basically like do a lunge like and slide across ice. The muscle <laughs> capabilities it takes is like incredible. But it is also like played in bars, you know, so I, I feel like that's the closest we're ever going to get. Um, However. TGI Fridays does hold a Guinness uh, world record for 
the most people flare cocktail flaring simultaneously in synchronicity. So they did this in 2011 in Covent Garden, London to celebrate the chain's 25th year in the UK. Oh, yeah. This is fun. This is almost as fun as um, also in the zeitgeist um, and a very off topic, but there's a Weathering Heights Day that happens. It's been happening since like 2011, which if you guys, everybody's all up on running up that hill by Kate Bush. But have you guys heard fucking Weathering Heights? It's also a very good one um, based on the book Weathering Heights. It's a retelling, if you will. There's a video where Kate Bush does amazing choreography in a very Spanish inspired red dress. Um, and they have pop-ups all over the world where like hundreds of women and men recreate the dance moves. Um, so I'd like to see what I'd like to see is Kate Bush dancers in the middle with like flare bartenders on either side, flipping bottles to weathering heights. Um, in my world, I feel like that's, (laughs) (laughs) we just had a very specific peek into Andrea's brain. Yeah, that's how it goes in there, guys. Um, I would love to see a hundred bartenders flipping bottles all at the same time. It would be fucking amazing. I wonder what they did it to. Like, I wonder what song they did it to. It should be. What do you think was that the fucking hippie? Sh- it was probably the hippie shake because that's like the big song and cocktail. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. Which, by the way, our friend. We always have to mention our friend Charles Gould. His dad wrote the screenplay <laughs> of cocktail. He. <laughs> Uh, which is all crazy he's a legacy he's a legacy he, he is legacy <laughs> um but another thing about tgi fridays they literally kind of you know when you think of the most famous appetizer right i know that a lot of people immediately think wings but that's not very specific am i right mm-hmm. it's not no it's not it's loaded potato skins friends mm-hmm. okay Doesn't that sound so fucking good? But basically that, you know, they're like, hey, we invented loaded potato skins, you know, as far back as 1974. They were like, we put this on the map, baby. And it is one of the, you know, the freezer things you can buy like in stores now. I mean, like they went and they like merchandised their appetizer into Mm -hmm. everyone's convection oven at home. Mm-hmm. I have not ordered some of those in a long fucking time. Yeah, it's been a it's been a whole minute since I've ordered. Yeah, I don't really, you know, I'm just like I like a little baked potato action at home, but I just feel like they're so heavy. <laughs> of course know? they are. They're not th- like I said, the 2,000 calorie appetizer. Just kick off your light little meal with a gigantic loaded uh, plate of potato skins. Anyways. Delicious. I, I think mean, it's I, a meal in and of itself. Yeah, they're like a little, they're a mind blower when you're a kid and you get to oh, like have yeah. them for the first time and you're like, I'll take a Shirley Temple and these loaded potato skins. It'll be great. Just give Ugh. my, push my eight year old body toward diabetes at an early age. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess someone was saying, I think a current menu item at TGI Fridays is something called the Bucket of Bones. Yeah, Bucket of Bones. <laughs> and it's ribs and wings and french fries, which oh. french fries don't have don't have bones in them. Well, I guess they the shape is there. They could <laughs> they could resemble bones in a way, you know, if you had to do it. Or maybe they're just, I don't know. I bet they, I mean, look, I, I did a 45-minute Peloton ride, and I haven't Good really eaten, you. so everything sounds Everything's sounding fantastic. Um, well, and then, uh, like, last few headlines, last few notable things about TGI Fridays. So, in 2013, there was a huge sting operation 
uncovering something called Operation Swill that was taking place in TGI Fridays across the New Jersey area. A bunch of owners and franchisers conspired to empty out all the top shelf liquor bottles and literally fill them with rubbing alcohol oh, and food God. coloring. And this is Andrea, I am not kidding. They also dumped out other bottles and filled them with dirty river water. What? And served it to customers. And people are like, I'm fucked up. <laughs> oh, no, seriously, take me to the hospital. Truly. I don't feel good. I'm not well. Basically, so like law enforcement authorities, they detailed Operation Swill, um, identifying 29 restaurants around New Jersey, 12 of them being TGI Fridays that were alleged to have filled bottles of premium brand liquor with cheaper brands, or like I said, the rubbing alcohol that was dyed like a brown color to pass off as scotch. Who was in charge of getting the river water? I don't fucking know. This is the most New Jersey shit ever. Yeah, just like do a montage of this this whole swill operation with like the Sopranos theme song going on in the background. So gross, right? So it's like basically people had to start. So there were complaints because there were, regulars who were like I know what my drink tastes like and this tastes like river water and blue curacao um you know I know when I'm drinking scotch and I know when I'm drinking rubbing alcohol so the way they had to go in was the the people who were basically testing and trying to catch them in the act had to order a bunch of drinks neat and then instead of drinking it, they were like doing put them like in a test. Tube? Yes, they were doing like table side testing to authenticate if it was a true spirit or not. When wow. it turned out not to be, then they would have to confiscate it to take it for further testing. And then it came back that like so TGI Fridays had this huge crisis on its hand that like ran all the way up to corporate. And they're like, we're just honestly baffled. Why? Like, obviously, this is not in the spirit of what we do. We don't know why these individuals have decided this is, you know, the hill they want to die on to save money. But um, so that it like, you know, obviously eroded trust in all of these restaurants and chains for a bit. And so that was a big ordeal in uh, about 10 years ago called Operation Swill. That involved I wonder TGI if Fridays. like it was, was it like just the higher ups? Like how many people like actually knew what was going on? Like did the bartenders and the servers and the managers. So everybody was in the dark except for the higher ups. No, I think, well, shit, you know, um, I just, I just am curious. I'm going to send you, I'll send you the, the link is in the, um, oh, I'm reading it now. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. So I don't know. It basically, yeah. Operators of the industry, it probably, so it's not like in corporate levels, but it might be some dumb money-making scheme that say like the regional manager or someone was doing something where maybe they were like making money selling the top shelf somewhere else. But then literally they were saying like that they were filling it with anything they could find. And so especially (laughs) if you ordered a drink with anything that would come off the speed rack, you were for sure fucked. That was definitely some toilet water. Yeah. I mean, the employees had like everybody had to know because it's like you're not like drink not drinking on on the job having your shift drink or like whatever you're entitled to to be like that's fucking crazy. That's this fucked up, right? Yeah. I mean, this is when I'd be like, bring back, bringing back my own bottle into 
like to TGI Fridays. I don't want your shit. I'll be bring my own booze in. Wow. Yeesh. Um. And here we are today, like I mentioned, um, overall, the the look and the feel of a TGI Fridays anymore is very bland. It's become very streamlined yeah. and subdued. And they really suffered after the 2008 financial crisis. Um, basically, over the decade following that, they closed more than 200 restaurants in the U.S. Then the pandemic hit, which has been really terrible for everyone, restaurants, you know, for sure, specifically, um, they have had a little bit of a resurgence, kind of trying to adopt the Applebee's method of a lot of curbside pickup. I don't think they're going to do a drive through window anytime soon. But um, the UK franchised and launched a bar, though, called 63rd and 1st, which is a nod to Stillman's very first bar that he opened TGI Fridays in 1965. And it's a hot spot, baby. So that one's still doing well. I would fucking go there. Next time I go to London... Oh yeah, well, and I think I think they're probably doing better in Europe. I mean, they're all over Scandinavia. Like when we were in Norway, we saw several. They're in the airports. They're like in Oslo. They're yeah. They're in Russia. Mm-hmm. I'm actually like now. I'm like looking at the menu, and I'm just like, what are they serving these days? They're Bucket still serving. They're still sa- serving the pot- now. They're serving potato twists, which are loaded Southwest potato twists, which look like spiraled like you remember, you remember those machines that would like spiralize your potatoes and then you could like okay. deep fry it it's like that but with like nachos you know i'm like <laughs> i'd fucking eat that um <laughs> i'm just saying i'm hungry uh <laughs> weird though i just and i just want to pop over to the beverage and cocktails they do have red bull passion slushies they have vodka red bull wow. slushies Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They are jumping the shark like Applebee's. We're like Applebee's like we're making food with Cheetos now. Oh yeah. You know? Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh. I I yearn for a 1969, you know, Manhattan evening at a TGI Fridays. That would have been something. I know. This is the thing. I love the origin at all of it all, the sexiness. Now everything's just like used up and redone. I mean, this is just like TGI Fridays is just like a perfect example of like what boomers have like done to this country. You know, our <laughs> our our food our food is flying at our face through a tube, okay? It used yeah. to be sexy and now our food comes through a tube. And and I'm not even talking about, you know, feeding tube. Yeah, I can't um, even make some sort of like ejaculation joke with this either. <laughs> it just is like it's that bad, you know. So, oh man, but I just am just I don't know. Then this, I just I want to go through a I just want to go through a Taco Bell like that though. And now I want to go to a TJ Fridays. Now I want to like have all this dumb, stupid, nostalgic bullshit in my face. I mean, you know, maybe we'll do a deep dive on Buka. Uh, next and oh god maybe we will maybe Maybe we will will. um meet me at the one in pasadena okay we'll go let's do it let's do it let's do it um wow great fucking research today brooke so many things to learn about tj fridays we hope you guys feel a little bit smarter slash dumber about learning all these things uh, um, and other than like Lizzie Cooperman, if you guys worked at a TGA Fridays or a Fridays, just shout us out. Let us know your experience there. Send us I, a story. Yeah, I couldn't find. I was like Googling, looking for like the secret language of TGI Fridays. And I guess you had to fucking work. I there. guess you had to be there. We got to We got to like find ourselves a handbook. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like get our hands on something like that. But 
Um, great. Well, you know, Brooke, what we say at the end of every episode. Godspeed. And good tips. And thank God it's Friday. Yes. We'll talk to you guys next week.